World, what's up? What is up, world? Today, my guest is Sophia Jones from Penny House, who's a financial wizard and guru. Um, but first, a few words from our sponsors, Endless Fugitive. They make amazing casual clothes that not only looks good, but feels good too. And if you use the promo code world, what's up? You can get a 10% discount. So why not check them out? Hello, Sophia. Hello. It's so nice to see you again uh, and uh, see that lovely smile. Uh, I'd like to say, I normally like to say a few things about how I met people when I uh, do these interviews. Uh, we met at Cheltenham on a on a random race day and we just got on right from the start. We had an amazing time and such a good laugh. It uh, brings a smile to my face when I think about it. And since then, we've, we've met on a few occasions now and it's always lovely to spend time in your company. Uh, so let's let's get on with the interview let's start with the first question tell us a little bit about um your early life growing up and um what you wanted to be when you were a little girl so um I actually started um so I actually was born in Portugal um not England my um my mum died soon after I was born so I was, uh, I spent the first couple of years of my life in an orphanage in Lisbon. And um, I was then adopted by English parents when I was two. Obviously, I don't remember any of this because I can barely remember what I did yesterday. <laughs> um, but I was adopted when I was two. And um, I then came to the UK when I was about six years old. So um, they're kind of the early, early years. And I remember some really good, I had some really good memories of leaving school and going to the pool and you know, uh, it's obviously very hot in England today. Um, so, uh, yeah, kind of just on days like today, we just go off to the pool after school and it was lovely. Um, so, yeah, but when I, I mean, in terms of what I wanted to be when I was a little girl, um, I think I wanted to be many things, um, maybe just fiercely independent, I think, from even, from even as a toddler, so I'm told, was um, quite lively, is how they describe me. But um, yeah, I think I want to be kind of a vet and then like a doctor and all those professions that are held in quite a high regard when you are, I think even now, you know, when you're a kid, they're, they're the ones that are held. But um, I don't think I really knew what I wanted to do for a very, very long time. Um, or even, yeah, have days now where I still question it, you know? <laughs> so, so you say you, you came over to here when you were, was it six, did you say? When I was six, yeah. Um, and you've mentioned before that uh, sometimes the transition wasn't that easy, that you suffered with some bullying in those early days. How did you deal with that? Um, I don't really know how I dealt with it as a six-year-old. So when I came to the UK, um, I was a little bit different. Kids are just mean, aren't they? Mm. Kids are just so mean. And it's worse now um, with social media. And we didn't have that back then. But I just remember them being just mean. So primary school, don't really know how I dealt with it. But I think it started a, a kind of trend of feeling excluded from a lot of social groups and just not really fitting. I can never really like fit in. And as a kid, all you want to do is fit in. So like, my name's Sophia, but I, I kind of changed it to Sophie so that I was more English and um, stop speaking Portuguese and all the all these kind of things just to try and fit. Um, and then kind of secondary school, that developed a bit more. 
because then it then you know kids get meaner as they get older i think i'm not really exactly. sure what it's like now well, they, so I mean, then they it were, was um because they were pretty mean in even in junior school because i had a similar sort of thing because i went to school in um highgate and it was like quite possible i don't know how my mum managed to get me in there and i was like like one of only two black kids in there so it was brutal for a long time you know but you do you just like try and stay under the radar and you do whatever you can so you you don't get affected or uh but it as a kid it's going to affect you especially at those early formative years it makes it makes a big difference in how you perceive things as you get older right yeah, 100%. Yeah, it really does. I mean, hindsight's such a wonderful thing, isn't it? I think you can always look back and everything's sliding doors. So you look back and you just think, that's kind of what made this happen. That's what made this happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, I kids deal with it different ways, don't they? I think I, I, I then just became a class clown to kind of try and be one of the one of the cool ones. I wasn't one of the cool ones. I tried to, and I just it just meant I was just excluded even more and then got in a bit of trouble at school and... Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great. <laughs> so what made you decide, right, need, I need to you know, get my head sorted and settle down a bit now? Um, well, I guess following on from the kind of uh, naughtiest child that was excluded at school, <clears throat> I then became pregnant fairly young. So I had my son um, at 16 and um, having not been to school for quite a while, because I was kind of very patchy attendance record, let's say. I, I went and, and sat my DCSEs two weeks after giving birth. Somehow, I don't know how, um, managed to get some half-decent grades um, that got me through. Um, and it was having my son, really, that just drove me and just made me realise I really wanted more. You know, as a kid, obviously, I was adopted and my parents really, when they came back to England, <clears throat> struggled financially to kind of keep a roof over our head and that kind of thing. So... I just really wanted to do a bit better for him. And I didn't want to be a statistic. So him, I've got him to thank and my parents for a lot, I think. So where did he get that drive from? Because there's a lot of like single mums who um, don't just say, right, you know, I I want to go somewhere, I want to achieve something. Where do you think that came from in you? I don't, I don't really know. Um, I just think as you get older, you kind of realise that people are just made in different ways and people deal with things differently. And I think I need a challenge. I need a bit of pressure and I need a bit of challenge, um, which half drives me mental and half drives me. So it's it's kind of learning to embrace that, I think. Um, but it's just, it's just the makeup, perhaps. So tell us about how you did go about making those changes. Um, it wasn't particularly easy, but it was never going to be, and nothing really is, is it? So uh, as I left school, I had various people tell me that I was going to go and work in McDonald's and, <laughs> and that kind of thing. Um, and I mean, I was a, I was a pretty chunky monkey back then um, with, with buck teeth and whatever. So, you know, <laughs> anyway, won't go there. But yeah, <laughs> my life had already been, you know. You had to send us some pictures. I think I think they've all been burnt, Andy. You know, like it's just a horrible, horrible bonfire. That happened. <laughs> um, so sorry about that. Um, uh, yeah, so I think a few people had already mapped out my life for me, which is really kind of them. Um, and you know, you do start believing that, don't you? So um, 
I had to, because I started doing A-levels actually to try and get a bit further in education. But I tell you what, it was it was hard going back then. So I was 16, trying to get, you know, the, the little, little boys nursery and stuff. And um, I ended up doing a, a, one of these open university courses to give me the qualifications to then get me, to give me enough to then get into, into university. So I decided that every job description that I was looking at said, need a degree, need a degree. Um, and I thought, right, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get one of those because everyone thinks I can't. <laughs> um, so I, I did one of these open university courses and then ended up going to Oxford Brooks um, to kind of start that journey. That's fascinating. Anyway, and that can't have been easy, like, as you say, bringing up a small child and going to university. How did you manage it? I, you know, as much as I was a single mum, I put, you know, um, <clears throat> I wasn't a single one, you know, I had my, my parents were absolutely wonderful. So I moved back in with them when I was, I don't know how old I was, 18, maybe 19. And I just kind of put my son to bed and then I was unable to go off to like, the library until 3am in the morning and then come back and then take him to school. If I was actually a single one, there's no way I would have been able to do that. You can't just, you can't just leave a toddler on their own, can they? Can you? So, um, yeah, no, I, it was hard going, it was hard work, but I, I think um, once I knew what the end goal was and where it was hopefully, hopefully going to get me in some sort of direction, then it was doable. And yeah, my, I, I owe my parents everything. I really do. They sound amazing. I mean, it is. It's it's very interesting that you say because you knew your end goal. It does make anything you do once you know you're doing it for a reason because that's why so many people they they just drift because they don't know what they want or where they want to be or what they want to do so they just they never achieve anything you knew that you wanted to achieve something and so you had to work out I mean how many people would go out and after study till three o'clock in the morning but you had your goal and you went for it which is very commendable very commendable so so why finance yeah, so we say planned on one hand, and then we look at the other side of the story. We think, well, we weren't that planned, were we? So I studied equine science, so something completely different. If you told me as a 19, 20-year-old that I was going to end up owning a business or running a business, I would have just, yeah, I'm not sure what I would have done, but I certainly didn't think that was where I was going. Um, <clears throat> and I didn't think it would be finance. It was either going to be something horsey, because I, I like them, obviously, and or something in property. And the only reason I, I kind of looked down the property route was that um, anyone I'd ever known or, or kind of met by that point, and there weren't that many people that had done well, seemed to have money in property. And I thought, well, what's this thing? Um, and it kind of became this goal of must own a house, I must own a house. And I had no idea how I was going to do it. You know, I was never going to be gifted a deposit or that kind of stuff. Um, as generous as my parents are, <laughs> they didn't have resources. And... Um, yeah, I just, as I left uni, I bought a doer upper, um, I'd say very, very hard and whatnot, and um, kind of got into property that way. And my mortgage advisor at the time had told me and showed me that if I could refinance the property that I bought, um, because I was very lucky at the time that I bought it, the stamp duty increase had, had taken effect. And so... And I'd done a bit of work to it as well in spare time. And the, the value had gone up enough that I could remortgage it, rent it out as a buy-to-let and then move on. And I thought, my goodness, if I can do this 
as you know coming from my background then I can show other people how to do this and I know it's a dream it's, a, it's an obsession for so many in the UK so I just that's kind of why I wanted to get into it it was really interesting to me because it's a lot harder now than it used to be I mean I went they, when I was getting my first I was like people they were like throwing mortgages at people so now you, <laughs> you can have like 20 quid in the bank and you get a mortgage but it's a slightly different story now right a little bit yeah a little bit yeah I mean part of me would love to have been working in that time because I just think it would be so easy but um I mean if it was easy people wouldn't need mortgage advisors either so I should probably be really careful what I wish for (laughs) so what advice would you give somebody looking to get into like um property development um so I think do your research um like really do your research there are a lot of there are a lot of people that um put posts out and bits and pieces on on property education some some are better than others um and you know speak to a mortgage advisor sooner rather than later because I have so many clients and we have so many clients that come to us and think I didn't come speak to you earlier because I didn't think I was going to get a mortgage and you know that might well be the case but it's you know it's free to have a chat to us and I love you know, advising people early on, even if they're a few years off, just to give them a bit of a plan. Because again, like we were saying, the minute you've got some sort of plan, you know what you're working towards and it just helps clear your head a little bit. So just don't be too embarrassed. No matter what you think you've got in the background, we've seen it all before. Just have a chat to somebody and it'll help clear your head. So tell us a bit about Penny House. So you've got your nice banner behind us. Tell us about that and uh, how that all happened. Um, so I started Penny House back in 2017. So I bought my first place in 2015 before I knew anything to do with mortgages. And uh, then my mortgage advisor showed me, as I said, just kind of what to do. And I then got fixated by the idea of doing something in property. And I, I, <laughs> I was so annoying to him. I was pestering him, kind of looking at mortgages and how I could get into it. <clears throat> and I got my qualifications, jumped out of a good job. Um, and then I decided that I was just going to go on my own. I, I should have, maybe in hindsight, gone to go and work with somebody else first. But I was very lucky that uh, one of these, uh, I was able to start on my own, basically. And I never thought it was going to be a company. I just thought it was going to be me helping people get mortgages and doing buy-to-lets and that kind of thing. And as it grew, um, I just, or as, as kind of clients came to me, I thought, oh, maybe, maybe I am good at my job, you know. And so, yeah, I've, I've taken a few people on start of this year and um, we took the company directly authorised with the FCA. We're very lucky to get that. And we've taken on a few advisors now since March just this year. So it's a touch wood. It's going going really well. That's amazing. I mean, you've done quite a lot in quite a short time, really, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's been a long, it's been like a long build up, I think in terms of kind of starting in 2017 but that was just me just working as me and then in terms of me getting a business head on I think it was only the end of last year beginning of this year I went oh, actually this could be a business this could be a proper business I'm gonna actually run it and it's it's been a real it's been a real switch of mindset I think in that way um which is really refreshing and I'm really enjoying bringing people on and having nice people around me and it's nowhere near as lonely it comes with different challenges um, and processes and things but yeah really enjoying it at the moment 
That's one thing I have noticed, like, and, and the few occasions I'm going to be being at, you do tend to get a nice group of people uh, around you. I have a firm believe in, like, nice attracts nice, right? And you, uh, every time I come, I always meet, it's a really eclectic mix, but always really interesting people, you know? Is that yeah, something, I mean, is that something <laughs> I, you particularly go out to do? Uh, no, I pay them a lot to hang around with me, you know, like in like Skittles and wine oh, gums and stuff. That reminds me, you owe me a tenner. <laughs> oh, actually, sorry. <laughs> uh, cheap date. Um, no, so, um, yeah, I do, crazy and nice. So maybe, yeah, maybe I do attract people. But I, I'm really lucky to have a nice group of people around. It's, um, yeah, I feel very, very lucky. And there's people that you meet and then I just find them fascinating. Everyone's got a story to tell and everyone's got experiences and everyone's been through stuff. And there's people that have learned things and just come out of it, you know, um, on the other side. It's just, I find them fascinating. I love learning from people. So yeah, I'm, I, glad, I'm glad they want to hang around with me. Yeah, I I really love it because it, as I say, it's so eclectic, and you you go into. I had some. I've always had some amazing conversations with people that you you wouldn't normally run into, and that's great. I I love that vibe. I love meeting people who are a little bit not doing the same things as me, who completely different, and, and just getting a little gauge on their little worlds and their life, you know. So, make to mark. So. Where do you see the future of marketing? Um, so in terms of the industry, um, I it's a good question, actually. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, in terms of, so I can only really talk about penny house, I suppose, which um, sounds a bit self-centered, but I wouldn't want to predict the market only because I think far wiser people than I try to do it. But just in terms of what we're seeing in terms of the industry and how people are working, since COVID, uh, um, and, you know, it seems to be lurking around, but everyone seems to be so much more open to the idea of flexible working and working at home. And the company's always been set up so that we've got a head office, but advisors and, and, you know, anyone that wanted to join, if that was ever going to happen, which now it has, they can all work at home. And I think in terms of technology coming on, people just want answers quite quickly. And they and that then backs up the idea of flexible workings. So instead of being in a, and people will disagree with this, everyone's got their own opinion. Um, instead of being in the office kind of nine to five and those being that set hours, um, I think having, a, having, a, having a, a role that means that you can work when clients need you within reason, um, really will will shape kind of the way that things are going going forward and advisors coming into the industry will learn that way so yeah well yeah a lot of people are saying now there is that flexible working you you tend to do longer hours because in the you think well I'll, I'll get an early start and I'll finish but then you're going till nine ten o'clock at night whereas if you're in the office you might actually leave it sometime and and it also gives people license to call you at any time like if you're in an office people would usually stick to office hours but now people could be calling you eight nine o'clock at night have you found that i mean i'm insane so i mean it's not clinically <laughs> but people um i've always worked stupid hours anyway even when i was employed you know i and that's just um 
see but people do yeah the people, the people do call it silly hours the way you stop that is you don't answer the phone so um I could not answer the phone and sometimes I don't but I just can't help it so I don't mind it I really enjoy it the minute I stop enjoying answering the phone and speaking to people about interest rates and mortgages and everything particularly geeky at 9pm at night I'll probably stop doing my job um so yeah rod thrown back but I love it See, that's good. I mean, it's good to have a passion for whatever you do. You've got to love it, right? And it's obvious that you love what you do. So if you could right, go back in time and have a, a nice little chat with the young Sophia, what would you say? Um, I don't think we can really mention any of that on this, can we? <laughs> it's not quite that bad. Do you know, I... I've made a lot, I think, I want to call them mistakes, and I will, but it's probably a better word for it. I think I've made a lot of mistakes, and I'm sure I'm going to make loads of mistakes going forward, but I don't think I would do any of it differently, because it's like the butterfly effect, I don't know if you've watched that movie. You know, if you change anything, um, it could just affect everything else going forward, and everything that's happened, no matter how like painful it might have seemed at the time or hard work it might have seemed at the time or it's all shaped it's all shaped and led on to other things so I just don't think I'd change any of it so I mean I would probably I'd probably tell myself to um take my time a little bit and don't sweat the small stuff so much because I'm I'm pretty you probably you probably know this now I've met a few times and having a have chat to me I'm pretty compulsive and like if I get something in my head like I have to make it happen. It has to happen. Um, and so I'd probably say to myself, just um, just calm down a little bit. Like, it'll all be fine. And just learn to embrace that. Would you say you've calmed down a little bit and embrace it now? I would probably give the same advice to myself now in five years. <laughs> so probably not, because I think it's just the way that I am. And so, again, I've got to kind of maybe just appreciate the fact that that's fine like if if I want to just if I get something in my head and I've got to do it that's fine and just enjoy enjoy the fact that I'm I'm super compulsive okay right last question and this is this is obviously for you where would you where would you like to see yourself in 10 years time what would you like to be doing where would you like to be um I, do you know, I don't think I plan that far ahead ever. So I think I have like little plans. And I think I'm also in a position or just in a mindset, probably more than a position, where I just, I'm really enjoying day to day. Like I'm just enjoying, it sounds so cheesy that I'm saying it out loud, but it's not, I'm just enjoying day to day life. Like I, I enjoy what I'm doing. I've got quite a lot of freedom. I, I work hard, but I, I like that. And if I could, be in the same position obviously um a bit further on but in terms of freedom and how I'm spending my time in 10 years and I'll just feel very lucky because I yeah I'm in a very lucky position now where I get time with my family and I get time with work and that's that's the main thing isn't it it's not about money I think the money is money then gets you the time and freedom that you want and at the moment um not that I'm rich but I, I feel like I've got a good balance and good freedom so yeah maybe now it's fine if I, could, if I could not age 10 years as well, that'd be great. <laughs> well, that, that, that'd be great for us all, right? 
Right, uh, Sophia Jones, it's been an absolute pleasure as always talking to you. Um, and hopefully we'll catch up again soon. And uh, good luck with everything you do. I know you're going to be successful because you, you not only are a nice person, you've got amazing drive and uh, you can but be successful. So uh, thank you for uh, having this little chat with me and hopefully I'll see you soon. Thank you very much for having me.